Hi, I'm Arnie Skelton, and each week in this podcast series, I'm going to offer you my top 10 tips on particular topics or themes that might be of interest to you as a teacher or manager or both. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast, which is my top 10 tips on performance management. And this is going to cover how to ensure that people are clear about what performance is and how to achieve it, and some handy hints really on how to address poor performance should that be something you have to do. So whether it's a student or a fellow member of staff, one of your team, let's have a look at my top 10 tips on performance management. And tip number one, and I call this start at the back. You probably know that people talk about activities and outputs and outcomes. And just quickly, an activity is simply whatever it is you're doing, the task at hand. The output is what you're meant to deliver as a result of that task or activity. And the outcome is the impact that that is meant to have on usually the customer or a particular group. So activity, output, outcome and a lot of people think about it in that way start with activity leading to output and then delivering an outcome but in fact we suggest start at the back which is start with the outcome what is the impact that you want to happen what impact do you want to make when you work that out then what outputs do you need in order to deliver that outcome and in turn once you've decided what outputs you need what activities do you need to continue or deliver in order to achieve those outputs? If you ask somebody what it is they do, they often describe their activities and aren't very clear often about their outputs or their outcomes. And I think that has to change. We should turn it all around by starting at the back with outcome, out, outcomes. What is it you're trying to achieve long term? What are your overall outcome objectives? and then work back to what it is you should be doing in order to achieve them. So that's tip number one, start at the back with outcomes. Tip number two, and this is another mnemonic, uh, an acronym that I'm fairly well known for having, and this one is P-I-M-S-T, PIMST, P-I-M-S-T. And this contains all the important ingredients you need in order to establish clarity around yours or somebody else's performance. P-I-M-S-T. And the first two letters are the ones I want to talk about on this number tip two. P-I stands for performance indicator. And it's a really good term, performance indicator, because it, it implies these are the indicators that determine anybody's performance. So an indicator is a characteristic or a quality or a, an element within the task that needs to be right in order for the customer to be satisfied. So, if you were, for example, buying a car, that's the overall product, but it's the performance indicators within that product, the car, that really matter. It's acceleration, it's safety rating, it's, uh, it's age, and of course, it's price. So what actually defines whether the product is a good product or not, is whether it performs well in each of those quality areas, called performance indicators. So performance indicators in somebody's task that you might be working with could include um, accuracy or um, promptness or speed 
or frequency. These are things that are measurable and defer, define or determine what actually constitutes quality within that particular task or product. So PI, performance indicator. Then M for measure. How will you actually measure it? Let's suppose, for example, that one of the performance indicators in buying a car is fuel economy. You know, how many miles it does to the gallon. Well, there's your measure miles per gallon. If you're looking for reliability in a car, that would be its performance indicator, how do you measure reliability? There are a number of ways you could measure reliability. One would be starts first time every time, or how long it is off the road being repaired or, or improved. Um, service interval, how long it has to go between service intervals. All of those are measures of reliability. And of course, Measures important because different measures will produce different ratings and different successes. So we need to know how we are going to measure a particular performance indicator. And then the third set of letters are S and T for PIMST. P-I-M-S-T. And S stands for standard and T stands for target. So tip number four make sure you specify the standard or the target required and they're not the same a standard is the minimum required for that performance to be satisfactory so again referring to uh, fuel economy how many miles per gallon do you want it to do as a minimum before you'll even consider buying that car and that's the standard the minimum requirement and the minimum requirement should be in the form of a guarantee a promise you should be able to say for any product or service this is the minimum you the customer can expect in terms of, of everyday customer service for instance your opening hours are a standard we will be open between 9 and 5:30 every day uh, punctuality you know we or attendance in college you know each learner must attend 80% of the time. That's the minimum laid down. That's the standard. The target is an ideal. It's an aspiration. It's something to be aimed for. So whereas a standard is a requirement, a target is an intent at a higher level. And a useful way of distinguishing between a standard and a target is how we use language. If you were to, to offer a service to a customer, a student, you would say, we will. We will do A, B, and C. In that case, if you've used the phrase, we will, then it's a promise. It's, it's got the status of a guarantee. If, on the other hand, you will say, we aim to, we intend to, then that's open to doubt. It's, it's an aspiration, not an expectation. So we aim to be open seven days a week. We aim to return your call within 24 hours. It's a target. You can have punctuality as a standard, we will be on time, or you can say, we aim to be on time. One of the things that's psychologically important about the difference between a standard and a target is that customers actually like standards. They, if you like, like to know where they stand. So if we're talking about performance of one of your team members or a student group, they like the clarity of knowing that's a requirement. It's the minimum set. So S and T clarify standards and or targets. Make sure that your requirement is clearly either a standard to be met or a target to be aimed for.
So my first four tips start at the back with an outcome, then identify the performance indicators required, identify the measure for each of those indicators, and decide whether to set a standard or a target for each of those indicators. Tip number five, something that a lot of people use, which is the another acronym, which is SMART, S-M-A-R-T. And this can be really helpful for establishing the key requirements of any performance objective or goal. So it's really good for goal setting or objective setting. And SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant and Time-Framed. Specific, and the useful way of remembering these is to think of the opposite. Don't set a vague goal. It's too imprecise. People won't know what they're meant to achieve, and almost anything will do. So make your objective specific. Measurable, we've already talked about the importance of measuring what it is that the individual is meant to achieve. A for achievement, make sure it's achievable. It's got to be realistic. It's got to be something that the individual has a real expectation of being able to deliver. R for relevant. Uh, some people use the R to mean realistic, but if we've already got achievable, then that would be kind of double counting. If something's achievable, it's realistic. If it's realistic, then clearly it's achievable. So instead of realistic, I prefer and suggest the word relevant, because the word relevant introduces the idea of motivation. If somebody can't see the relevance of a particular objective or goal, they're less likely to commit to it and see it as important. So make the R of SMART relevant. What's the purpose behind this goal? What's, what's the benefit? What's the value? Give relevance to the objective, to that individual. And then finally, time framed. There's got to be some kind of time frame given so that the person gets on with it within that time frame doesn't just leave it hanging forever so smart specific measurable achievable relevant and time framed that's tip number five tip number six this is all about being good with the brief you give to the individual if we think about what gets in the way of somebody's performance, why they don't perform, there really comes down to four factors. And this is the third of my mnemonics for this particular set of tips. So we've already had pimpsed, we've already had smart, and here comes another one. R-K-S-A. R-K-S-A. And I strongly advise anyone who is giving a performance brief to another member of staff or team member or student student group consider setting the brief around these four terms of RKSA let's assume that you've been smart and given a general objective then you need to think of RKSA so let's look at number at the first of those letters which is R and R stands for resources does the individual or group have the resources they need to, to get it done? Resources include obviously materials and equipment, possibly budget, possibly space, accommodation, and of course time. Do they also have the relevant information that they need to get on with the task? So make sure you're clear that the brief includes the resources the individual or group will require in order 
to meet the brief, to deliver. So that's tip number six. Think about resources and be clear about them. Tip number seven is the K of RKSA, and the K stands for knowledge. Does the individual know what's required? Is the brief clear and specific enough? So make sure in your brief they are clear about what is required in terms of knowledge. But there's something else to think about in terms of knowledge, and that is why it's required. Not only do they know what is required, but they should know why it's required. Again, this is the motivational element. Why are you asking them to do this? What is the purpose of this task being done? What will it lead to? What benefit or value will it have for them or for the organisation? The third letter is S, and this is tip number eight. And S stands for skill or skills. Does the individual have the skills necessary to complete the job at all and or to complete it, complete it to the level required? Have they the competence? Have they the ability to get the job done and done well? So tip number eight is their skill level. Do they have the skills required? And tip number nine, the A stands for attitude. Are they committed? to the task you're giving them? Have they a positive attitude and approach to the task? Now that's very much down to them. Every individual owns their own attitude. But of course, if you've not been clear about resources, knowledge and skills, if you've not given them the appropriate resources, knowledge and skills required, then it might not be surprising that their attitude isn't the best. So you can influence their attitude by making sure the R and the K and the S are in place and appropriate. So tip number nine is check out the attitude of the individual. And by making the R, K and S available, you're more likely to influence that attitude positively. And tip number 10, and this is about poor performance really. If you have poor performance, then you have to address it. If, if one of your team members or one of your students is just not doing their job, the expectation of the organisation and those who manage you will be that you should intervene to try and address that poor performance. So here's a phrase I use a lot. Not to challenge is to condone. Because if you let poor performance ride, actually you're condoning it. Every day that passes where you accept poor performance you're giving the signal that that poor performance is acceptable. And eventually, the person who the spotlight will turn on is not the poor performer, but the person who is managing that poor performer and, in effect, allowing the poor performance. So, those are my top 10 tips for managing performance. Let me run through them again. Tip number one, start at the back with outcomes. Then, tip number two, is be clear about the performance indicators required within any task. Tip number three is about being clear what the measure of that task is in order that you can measure it and demonstrate that it has been successful. Uh, tip number four is about clarifying standards and or targets within that particular uh, task. 
And tip number five is all around the mnemonic SMART. Make sure that your objective or goal is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-framed. And tip number six is all about giving an effective brief built around RKSA. And didn't say this in going through, but the tip number six about giving a clear brief, that's about setting up the performance, which gives you the best chance of ensuring that the, the performance will be good. So that's a kind of proactive measure to set a clear brief based around RKSA. And RKSA is also a very useful diagnostic tool if you discover that poor performance is happening. You can actually go through the poor performance thinking that, in effect, the failure will be down to one of the four factors, RKSA. So tip number six is about using RKSA either to set a clear performance brief in the first place or to help you work through poor performance should that happen. And the first of the RKSA letters, R, stands for resources. Make sure the resources are in place or is the problem the fact that they didn't have the appropriate resources. Tip number seven, either make sure the knowledge is in place in terms of what they have to do and why they have to do it, or when you're diagnosing poor performance, was there a knowledge gap? Uh, tip number eight is about the third letter, S, skills. So again, in setting up the performance, has the person you're giving the performance to got the appropriate skills at the appropriate level? And diagnostically addressing poor performance, was there a skills gap? Did they fail because they weren't able to do the job to the level required. Tip number nine, attitude. The fourth letter of RKSA. In setting up performance, has the individual got an appropriate attitude towards the task? And in looking more reflectively at any poor performance incident, was the problem the individual's attitude to the performance? And then finally, tip number ten, remember that not to challenge poor performance is in effect to condone it. So there they are, my top 10 tips for managing performance. Hope they've been helpful. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe. You will still get the podcast for free, but you will also get an alert to let you know when the next podcast is available. And please recommend the podcast to anyone else you think might like it and benefit from it. Also, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and any other comment, because they'll help promote the podcast series on the relevant platform. So, bye for now. <laughs>